TII item 443, September 30th, 2017, iOS 11.0.1 and iOS 11.1 Beta 1. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullet! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. Today's episode is brought to you by BarkBox. For a free extra month of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com slash TII when you subscribe to a 6- or 12-month plan. Today's show is brought to you by HelloFresh. Please visit HelloFresh.com and use promo code TII30 to save $30 off your first week of deliveries. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and you are listening to the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Ronald for sending in the artwork for today's show. Ronald wrote the following. Hi, Rob. I am in front of the Birmingham, UK store on a trip back on April 19th. Text was added using PhotoGenie. I tried to crop it to square as best as I could, but the store is so vertical with the tall columns and all. I listen to your show all the time. Regards, Ronald Boyd from Houston, Texas. Well, thanks, Ronald, for sending in the picture. And folks, you can see this artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 443 or at Instagram.com slash Today in AOS and also at Facebook.com slash Today in AOS. Ronald's picture continues to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of TII and the iPhone. Please, when sending in your photo, of make sure you're in front of a local Apple store. If possible, make it square. And as I've said before, please um, put the local Apple store in the artwork so we know which store it is. As always, send that to todayinios at gmail.com. And if you can throw a little TI branding on there, it really helps. And if you have some music that you've created on your eyes device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me and make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said music. Hey, we have a promo code. And this week, we have a promo code for the app Alt.Driving. Here is the review from the dev. Hello, everyone. I am one of developers of our small team that called VI Studio. The idea of our driving to create not a competitor of any of the popular racing games. It is about creation something unique. It is alternative look to modern racing games. New visual style of game design, big open world, free ride and exciting competitions in different types of races. There are a lot of tuning elements for your highly detailed cars, including painting, changing rims, spoilers, hoods and performance parameters. Hardcore gameplay, simple user interface and attention to details is key features of our game. Our team is constantly working to bring new updates as soon as possible. Choose and modify your car, defeat strong opponents, set time records and just enjoy the open unique world and beautiful stylistic in our new game, Art Driving. Well, thanks to the devs for their review of their app, Alt.Driving, and for sending in the 10 promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, please send an email to tenayanios at gmail.com and put driving in the subject line. On the last episode, 1242, I said do not release the hounds yet on iOS 11. And there were different threads on Reddit and other forums about app slowdowns and battery life issues with iOS 11 and overall performance drops with iOS 11 for some users. And that's not unusual for a new .0 update. I warned back at the end of August not to update right away to iOS 11. There was too many betas. Something 
just was not sitting right with iOS 11, I said to wait until at least 11.0.2 to upgrade. And last week, Apple got us halfway there, releasing iOS 11's first double dot update, 11.0.1. What does 11.0.1 bring? Well, bug fixes and optimizations, of course. Interestingly, if you were a developer or a public beta tester and have the beta provision installed, you would not have seen this upgrade option. It only showed up for my devices that did not have the beta over the air provision installed. So who should upgrade to 11.0.1? Simple, anyone that upgraded to 11.0 and that's it. Because from my initial reports, it only fixes some issues and some optimization of some performance. One of the fixes is the issue of synchronization of exchange accounts with Apple Mail, which is kind of a big deal if it hit you. There are still many reporting other bugs and slowdowns with iOS 11.0.1. So if you are on iOS 10.x and have not upgraded, nothing to see here. Move along, move along. Or as I said on the last episode, do not release the hounds. Hopefully, iOS 11.0.2, which likely will be released in the next two weeks, will address some more of these issues out there and will be the one that you can upgrade to finally. By the way, adoption rate on 11, iOS 11 is now up over 25%. So if you have not upgraded, you are still in the majority. Just don't feel bad about not upgrading yet. But here is some feedback from those that did. From the Google Plus community and Chris in London, he said, quote, did the 11.0.1 over the air update better, snappier so far? Have not had a chance to see all the effects so far, but better, unquote. And from Fabio, who had his whole section to himself last episode, he wrote, quote, snappiness is back with 11.0.1. Yay, unquote. Again, if you are already on iOS 11, then yes, upgrade to 11.0.1. If not, hold on, hold back. We're not quite there yet. To the email bag. Hi, Rob. Not only am I a new listener to you, I am a new listener to podcasts. I listened to a couple of podcasts with subjects that interested me, then went on to search for a podcast that concentrated on Apple and more specifically iOS, and I found one that not only concentrated on iOS, one that is dedicated to it. The first most recent podcast of yours, episode 442, that I listened to weighed heavily on user comments and questions. I was admittedly disappointed with that, but then I listened to the previous email and realized that user comments and questions regarding the special event was a necessary thing and not a usual way that you run your show, but I did like the nice mixture of your own comments and information with listener questions and comments. Listening to three podcasts back, I realized that I'm getting into old news and now anxiously awaiting your new issue. I even downloaded your app to my iPhone. Okay, I'm gonna pause here. And this is me pausing, this is back to Rob again. Listener feedback is a cornerstone of TII. And the collective experience of and knowledge base of the TII audience is far, far greater than any one host or group of hosts of any podcast out there covering this space. As a collective, we blow away John Gruber. We put to shame Ming-Chi Kuo and make Leo kind of look like a novice, just saying. There is great, great info experience and knowledge from the collective. And yes, 
the last episode and this episode and probably the next episode will be heavily, heavily skewed towards listener feedback, as it is always this time of year. It is in March and April and May. You all have to listen to me for 90% of the episode where I am scratching and clawing for any nuggets of iOS news, talking about nanometer etching processes or, God forbid, stories about an Apple patent. Yeah, exciting stuff, I know. Oh, snarkiness is a little itty teeny bitty part of the show, as is making fun of Android pretty much any chance I get. Okay, back to the email. But I just wanted to make sure you and anyone new to the show know what show is about and why I did or do what I do. All right, back to the email. I have the iPhone 6 Plus 64 gig and waiting for 11.0.2, as you suggested, to upgrade my firmware. I am waiting patiently for the iPhone 10, don't say X, uh, for upgrading hardware. But unlike most of your listeners, I am not so hardcore that uh, will wait for user uh, that I will wait for user reviews and software updates to work out the bugs and wide selection of protective cases to choose from before I upgrade. I, I do have one question though. I work in surgery and wonder how a masked face will affect uh, face ID. I assume I won't be recognized. Will the 10 allow for multiple face prints like touch ID allows for multiple fingerprints? Maybe I can scan myself in the mask and hairnet as well. And for those times when Face ID won't work, uh, will the four-digit code still un, uh, work to unlock? And is the only way to bypass Face ID to go to the code by hitting the on-off button five times? Hope to hear my email on your show. Thanks for your information and expertise. Regards, Dave S. My name is Andrew from Illinois. I uh, have thought on the iPhone 10, primarily two things about it. With Face ID, I'm curious as to how it's going to work with, say, if you're wearing a mask of some kind or a helmet. Say you're a motorcycle rider, something like that. You know, I, I know that it's not going to be recommended that you're, you know, you're wearing your, or well, riding your motorcycle and trying to unlock the phone. But, you know, there could be a situation where you're doing that. It could be a situation where you're wearing your helmet for whatever reason and trying to unlock the phone and instead of being able to just take off a glove or what have you and put your thumb on the, on the button, now you got to take off your whole helmet. And something probably more likely uh, would be, say you're wearing some kind of facial mask like a, uh, uh, what, what, what are they called? You know, for whatever you're coughing or whatever, and, or like the kind of things that surgeons wear. You know, what if you're wearing one of those? Is Face ID going to be able to figure out that you're you? Something I'm kind of curious about. Not to mention, I feel what if you're just straight up wearing an actual mask. But those are probably pretty minor things that Apple probably would, would just say, well, did you just ask in those situations? Something more prevalent, though, was they showed off that you can watch videos in full screen on the iPhone 10, but if I remember correctly, it looked like the video extended off the edge of the of what I would say is usable screen real estate. There's been this weird push of having the full uh, full front of the of the device be the screen, 
but we've got these little notches in the uh, in the top parts of the, the screen. Now the essential phone does the same sort of thing, and so you've got this big notch taken out of your video. Not really sure why that's a good idea because you're kind of missing part of the video by doing that. So I'm hoping that there's going to be an option to maybe cram it down below that notch so that I'm not kind of missing out on maybe five to ten percent of the thing I'm trying to watch. But yeah, there's just a couple things that I thought of. Not such a long voicemail, but yeah, thanks for your show. Andrew and Dave, thank you for your feedback. And when I was first reading through Dave's message and he mentioned a surgical mask and iPhone 10 and being able to unlock it, all I could think was someone in, in the middle of open heart surgery and Dave breaking away to try to get to the next level of Candy Crush. But then I thought, where else would people wear a surgical mask and want to access the iPhone? And it make a lot of sense where it's not involving open heart surgery and Candy Crush. And that would be, if you've ever seen pictures of people in Asia around the wintertime walking through Hong Kong and other cities wearing surgical masks. So yes, hopefully it does work with the surgical masks. Uh, I hope it's going to be smart enough to just look at your eyes and your forehead and, and be able to unlock. Or if you have a goatee like I often do and then shave it all off like I often do when I mess it up and have to start over, uh, will that cause issues? Uh, I'm guessing it will be fine with the goatee, but what about a full beard with a handlebar mustache and it's there one day and it's gone the next? What will happen? So yes, do you have to retrain it? You know, once it you know messes up, uh, then you have to retrain it to the new face. We'll find some of these things out uh, when the iPhone 10 comes out. Um, and yes, uh, it's very, very smart, Dave, for you to wait and find out. And same with waiting on iOS 11, the smart to wait. And, and Dave, welcome to the show. And the show is definitely different than all the other podcasts out there on iOS as it's heavily, heavily listener contributed. And now you're a part of that. And I hope you stick around and, and keep contributing. And now let's go to the second part of Andrew's question about the iPhone 10. And there are two modes to watch video in. One mode is where it doesn't cut off the video and it goes right up to the edge of the notch. And then you can do it where it goes past the edge of the notch all the way to the edge of the screen. And there is some of the videos cut out. And any good video cinematographer is going to be focusing in on the, on the middle two-thirds of the screen anyway. So the edges usually are just lost, so you're not really much going on in the edges. And then if you want the screen to be just a little bit bigger, you can go to the edge. If you want the whole effect and you don't want to miss anything, maybe there's something is going on on the edge of the screen, then you can bring it in to where it stops right at the tab. So you have two options with the iPhone X, to the edge of the tab or to the edge of the screen. I want to welcome BarkBox as a new sponsor to the show. Word is out about Spock, my Frenchie, and he could not be happier. For those that have never heard of BarkBox, it is a monthly service where once a month you get a box with four to six natural treats and super fun cool toys built around a different theme for your dog. The most recent theme that Spock received was around New York City. He received a nice Statue of Liberty squeaky ball uh, and a soft Chinese takeout container that had three more chew toys inside of that. And he has been loving these. Spock is a chewer, big time chewer. And then there were the treats meant to be eaten, like the best treats ever, turkey and duck nuggets, which is absolutely something he flipped over. And the no grainers, New York City 
roasted duck jerky bites. Both were great, and we do not feed our dog any grains. Yes, we're that kind of dog parent. And one of the things we really like about BarkBox is each month you get a different group of items for your dog to try out. And when you find something that they love, you can go to their store, BarkBox store, and buy it straight up. The boxes are shipped to your door, and they have a unique variety of toys and treats that you won't find anywhere else. All the edible treats are made in the U.S. and Canada. Your dog or dogs will have a great time during the unboxing. I think they must spray it with some sort of magical drive-the-dog-crazy scent because Spock knew the box was for him the second I brought it in the house. And when you do the unboxing, BarkBox will replace any item your dog doesn't like. It's all about your pup's happiness. There is free shipping within the continental U.S. And to get a free extra month of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com slash TII. And when you subscribe to a 6- or 12-month plan, you'll get the free extra month. Again, go to BarkBox.com slash TII to get a free extra month when you subscribe to a 6- or 12-month plan. Spock would really, really like to thank the BarkBox folks for sponsoring our show. Well, a little after iOS 11.0.1 was released to the masses, iOS 11.1 Beta 1 was released to the devs and then to the public beta testers. Per the big new features introduced in 11.1 Beta 1, the return of the feedback app. Huh? Oh, well, they also added grouped emoji suggestions. Okay. But what else comes with the single dot update? There must be more, right? Kinda. There are subtle animation changes. How subtle, you ask? Well, one video showing the differences actually had to go to slow-mo to show you the subtle differences. Uh, yeah. If you need to go to slow-mo to show a difference, is it really a difference? Okay, they did actually give some new custom action additions to assistive touch. So there is that one actual real addition for 11.1 beta 1. Additionally, where you have the assistive touch button on the screen, when you tap it and it brings up the dock of icons, they are now closer to where the button was on the screen rather than bringing it up in the middle of the screen no matter where the button was. Overall, 11.1 beta 1 is not what you would expect from a single dot update. Additionally, I've been having some issues with it and getting some apps to work right it needs me to do a reset network settings to get those apps to connect back to the internet. So buggy it is. I would definitely not recommend you put this on your main phone like I did. I have no idea what I was thinking, given I'm about to go traveling all over North America in the next three weeks. Don't make my mistake. If you do install 11.1 Beta 1, just put it on your secondary device. Do not Put it on your main iPhone. Rookie mistake, I tell you. Rookie mistake on my part. Hey, Rob, it's Gary from Kennedy Township. I just wanted to chime in and give what I generally do with software updates. It makes sense to wait when you got mission-critical stuff, as you indicated, but what I personally do is every time there's a dot zero update, in this case, 11.0, is I get the update, back up my information, and then I do a full reset of my device and set it up as a new device. That may help some people with the uh, problems where it's slowing down, especially if they may have app corruption that they may not know about when they've deleted apps, updated apps, and so on. 
especially if you've had your iPhone for a while, may not hurt to do it anyway. I will be doing the same thing later today when Apple throws the switch for macOS High Sierra. I will be downloading the update and then doing a full erase and restore on my iMac. Just wanted to give you a tips and tricks for what I do. Not everybody wants to do that, but it may help some. Take care. Gary, thanks for your feedback. And I know when I get the iPhone 10, I'll be setting it up as a brand new phone. I will not be setting it up from my iPhone 7 Plus. I believe that Gary's advice carries over also to new iPhones, that sometimes it's best for a new iPhone that you do not set it up from the previous backup of an old iPhone because we've seen issues propagate from one phone to another. Apple, however, was not done with the betas. They also released this past week Watch OS 4.1 Beta 1 to devs. And what were the new features in Watch OS 4.1 Beta 1? Well, the answer in this case is bigger in the update than it was for 11.1 Beta 1. As it brings the music streaming to your Apple Watch Series 3, Apple had announced as coming soon. So those 40 million songs coming to your wrist just arrive there. If you're a dev and have watchOS 4.1 Beta 1 and you have a Series 3 Apple Watch and it does allow the direct streaming now of music via cellular connectivity if you meet all those criteria. Additionally, 4.1 brings access to your entire iCloud music library, not just the songs you have synced or the playlists you've synced. They also introduced a new app for the Apple Watch, the radio app. This is for playing back Beats 1 Music and other various Apple Music radio stations, plus other third-party radio stations like ESPN and NPR and ESPN and CBS Radio and ESPN. However, in the release notes, Apple does state that ESPN playback isn't currently functioning and the radio app doesn't yet support cellular playback. So yeah, there's that minor teeny bit. There are things to look forward to when 4.1 comes out. Probably right around the time the iPhone 10 ships in November would be my guess. Per the Apple Watch Series 3, I want to give my update on my experience with it. Wow. That is the best summary I can think of. This past week, I traveled to New Orleans for a conference. On Monday at noon central time, I took my Series 3 S3 off the charger, put it on my wrist, and mind you, I do have the heart rate monitor active, so while wearing it, it is constantly checking my heart rate, which you know, being over 50 is something I need to start doing, and well, that and getting a colonoscopy, and, but it's a lot less invasive on the heart rate monitor. And if you're lucky, it's the one I'm going to talk about of the two. Okay, focus Rob, back on the show. I put on the Apple Watch on Monday at noon, my time. At 2 p.m., I left for the airport, flew to New Orleans, wearing my Apple Watch, and I kept wearing it until I went to sleep that night. Spoke at the conference on Tuesday, wearing my Apple Watch all day long, put it back on my wrist on Wednesday morning, flew back home Wednesday, wearing it all day, answering calls, checking apps, looking at email, looking at text messages, controlling music and whatnot, all while traveling. I put it back on my wrist Thursday morning and wore it to after 3 p.m. on Thursday when the battery finally died just before 4 p.m. on Thursday. That is over 75 hours on a single charge for the Apple Watch Series 3. 
I am not sure who those reviewers were that said they were getting battery issues with their Apple Watches. But that sure as heck is not what I'm seeing. And yes, my S3 is LTE. This has battery life that just blows away the original Apple Watch and the S2 Apple Watches that we have. I am really, really impressed. Over three days, over 75 hours of use from a single charge. Very, very impressed am I. But it is not just me with this battery life. I am hearing this from others. From the Google Plus community, Mark Lowenthal wrote, quote, Today is the first day with my Series 3 LTE. After 12 hours, I'm down to 86% left. Wow. Granted, I did use the phone or heart rate monitor uh, not that much, but still, wow, unquote. Obviously, if you leave your iPhone at home and go off on a four-hour bike ride and the whole time you're talking to someone on a phone call via the Apple Watch, your battery life won't last 75 hours in total. And when 4.1 comes out and you can stream music all day long, it won't last that either. But for my usage when traveling, which is when I use it the most, I found the battery life to be like Mark's, which is best described as, wow. What say you? If you have a S3 LTE or wife only, how has your battery life been? Give us a call, 206-666-6364, from your Apple Watch or from your iPhone, or shoot us an email, todayinios at gmail.com, and let us know what you think of your S3 and its battery life. And here are some voicemails per the Apple Watch, uh, per non-battery items. Hey, Rob, it's Michael from Ann Arbor. Just wanted to let you know that I also really like the red dot on the new Apple Watch. Hi, Rob. This is Stephanie. have been with you from the beginning. Wanted to just let you know that I did upgrade from a 6S to an 8 Plus. I did not get the 7 Plus because I always felt it was just too big. But I was surprised once I got the 8, looked at it, um, you know, and actually I, I like the way it fits in my hand. It's an easy read. So I'm very pleased with the 8 Plus. Uh, my plan was to trade it in. I mean, my plan was to return it in 14 days if I didn't want it and just wait for the 10. But I'm going to keep the 8 Plus. I'll probably upgrade to the newer version of uh, a 10S or an 11 next year. But very satisfied with the A+. I also got the Series 3 watch. I, like you, love the dot. It just tells me which watch I'm, I have. It's, you know, real easy for me to know. I'm putting on the cellular versus the Series 2 or, you know, the stainless steel. So I like the dot. No big deal. Looks good with the red, wa- with the red band. Also, with the newer band trimmed in red, looks really nice. I'm satisfied with everything. Can't wait until the 10 comes out so we can get some updates on that. But love what you do, Rob, and, um, you know, it's only getting better. Take care. Hey, Rob, this is uh, Dave again from uh, California, San Diego. I just uh, listened to uh, the podcast, 442. Uh, I appreciate your uh, your feedback on the, uh, the iPhone sale. But I was actually calling in for some listener feedback to help out the guy in Portland. So a few things that uh, caught my attention to uh, to what he said his issue was with the podcast app and it, you know, basically being in the uh, the, the 
in the uh, the, the front ground or foreground of, uh, of his Apple Watch. So he says he's, he's running iOS 11 uh, on his phone, and uh, iOS, I believe he's watching, excuse me, he's uh, using OS uh, 4 on his watch because he said he updated. happening is with his Apple Watch, it is on Auto Launch Audio app. So whenever there is an audio app that is playing, it will automatically auto launch the audio or the now playing app on his Apple Watch. So therefore, it will allow the clicks that he is uh, he's referring to, you know, with, with his wrist or what have you with his jacket. So what he would have to do, uh, if he goes into his Apple Watch app section, uh, from the general section, if he goes down to wake screen, and from within wake screen, it says auto launch audio app. It's automatically set to on. If he clicks that off, then the Apple Watch or Watch OS 4 will not automatically launch the audio app whenever he switches to the podcast app. Uh, it'll be in whatever his last app uh, that he was in session, or it will just be on his watch face if he wasn't in any app on his Apple Watch, although he is listening to the podcast app on his phone. So again, if he's having an issue with the, uh, the, uh, the, the now playing app always popping up on his watch, if he didn't necessarily go to the now playing app on his watch, he just needs to turn off the auto launch audio app from within the uh, the the watch app on his iPhone. Hopefully that helps him. I personally don't have a problem with it. I like it that it it automatically opens up because I can be able to switch you know the the tracks or what have you uh, if I'm doing a run or something of that nature. I don't have a problem with it, but obviously he does, and hopefully that helps him out. And that was from four four two. I didn't catch his name, but he was uh, calling from Portland. All right, thanks so much, Robin. Thanks all you. Bye. Good morning, Rob. Hey, it's Shannon from Arizona. I was just listening to episode 442 where Lee called in from Portland and had a problem with his podcast coming up on his watch. I, too, had that problem, and it was really frustrating for me. I just want to look at my watch and see the time and my temperature and everything that I haven't set for. I don't want to see podcasts that are playing. I'll use my phone for that. Thankfully, I'm in a Slack group with a bunch of other uh, iPhone junkies that are actually truck drivers, so one of them helped me out with this. Simply go to your watch app on your phone, go to general, then go to wake screen, and then the third selection down is auto launch audio apps. Turn that off, and that will fix your problem. You will no longer have podcasts, the now playing screen pop up on your watch. So your watch will go back to being a watch like I think you want. So anyway, I hope that helps everyone. Thanks for the podcast, Rob. You really do some cool things for this community. Appreciate everything. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks to everyone that sent in the voicemail messages there. And we got one email here covering on this as well. Hi, Rob. In episode 442, the 51-minute mark, a listener called in regarding an issue with the podcast on his Apple Watch. First off, I'm a lefty and I wear my Apple Watch on my right wrist with the crown facing out towards my fingers. That way I can control it with my dominant left hand, personal preference, I guess. But he mentioned the podcast app within the watch, quote unquote. Is this a new feature with iOS 11? Or is he getting this confused with the now playing screen in the dock? I was disappointed to find the complete lack of podcast integration on Apple Watch. 
I found an app called Watch Player that allows me to download a podcast episode to my watch so I can go on a run without bringing my iPhone and listen via Bluetooth headsets. But Watch Player takes a long time to process episodes, and frankly, there should be uh, just be a stock podcast app integration supported by Apple. Please let me know if this is a new feature with iOS 11. I'm currently running iOS 10.3.3 with Watch OS 3.2.3 and have been waiting to upgrade on your recommendation. Thanks for the show. Regards, Aaron. Well, Aaron, uh, no, it's not the podcast app on there. And I probably should have mentioned it at the time, but I was trying to be nice. But yeah, it's just kind of the, the now playing and what we just talked about some from previous email or voicemails that came in. Sadly, uh, yeah, the, there is no native watch app for podcasts from Apple yet. However, if you listen to this show, TII, it does have its own watch app. So you can control and, and listen to podcasts via the TI app on your Apple Watch. Can you stream them without your phone? Not yet, but you can transfer it over and you can do that right from the list of episodes. So if you do want to download this episode and have it on your watch and then go out for a jog, you can do that. You've been able to do that, but you can still do that with iOS 11. Maybe someday Apple will add the podcast app to your Apple Watch. Maybe, hopefully. I uh, wanted to mention, just heard the part uh, on your recent episode about the Apple Watch Series 3 versus the Series 1. Uh, he said that the major differentiator between the Series 1 and Series 2 was the GPS chip. And then obviously the Series 3 has cellular and all that. And barring some of the minor stuff like the, I think they approved the heart rate sensor in the Series 3, and they added a barometric sensor and all that. Those are kind of you know, not really that important in my mind, but the real big thing uh, between Series 1 and Series 2 was the water resistance improvement. And I uh, just checked uh, that the Series 1 keeps the original Apple Watch's flash resistance, whereas the, the Series 3 obviously has the, the 50 meters or, or whatever it was of water resistance, which the Series 2 had. So that would be a pretty significant thing that you, you know, you can swim with the, the Series 3, and you could swim with the Series 2, but you don't want to do that with the Series 1. There might be other differences as well, but I just kind of wanted to put that out there. Thanks. Thanks, Andrew. Yes, I did neglect to state the Series 1 is not something you can go swimming with, whereas the Series 2 and 3 is something that you can actually go swimming with, and there's actually workouts for swimming in your list of exercises that you can use with the Series 3 and the Series 2 watches. But the Series 2 isn't for sale anymore. If you want to swim, your choices are Series 3 or Series 3. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. In the last episode, you had a caller mention that he listened to the podcast while working. His issue was every time starting a music event on his phone, the watch would display the information, including the ability to skip ahead and back. I also found it annoying that every time I start a podcast app on my, wa on my phone, uh, the controls appear on the watch, and I believe this is the answer he's looking for. Quote, while this is a useful feature, not everyone is a fan of apps auto-launching on their Apple Watch. Good news is you can turn off the auto-launch audio apps by simply turning off a switch on your Apple Watch 
open settings app and go to general, then tap the wake screen and finally turn off the switch for auto launch audio apps option. Unquote. Regards, Ellery Augusta, Maine. Thank you, Ellery. And that again goes to what some people called on the voicemail message, but I wanted to say it nice and slow so people can hear that again on your Apple Watch, go to the settings app, go to general, then tap the wake screen, and then finally turn off the switch for auto launch audio apps if you don't want that. I, like one of the other callers, really like that feature. So I will keep that turned on. So if you're someone that's looking to turn that on, now you know where to go to turn that on. Apple had one more beta for us last week, and that was for tvOS 11.1. And what were the new features in tvOS beta 1? No, really, I'm, I'm asking, what were the new features? Uh, according to Mac Rumors, Apple Insider, and every other site and article I checked on this, um, uh, I, was, I was pretty desperate. I even went and checked at BGR. The short answer was, no new features were discovered, i.e. just bug fixes and performance improvements. Given how anemic tvOS 11 update was, really, we should not be shocked. tvOS 11.1 might just be an update that Apple made so that it looks like they really still care about Apple TV. I didn't say that out loud. That said, I just received my Apple TV 4K yesterday, and now, as my boys will tell you, we just need to go out and get a 4K TV to go with it. So that is something I'll be looking at next week. I also ordered another SteelSeries remote that came as well, so the boys can play two-player Minecraft on the Apple TV, to which my oldest son said, Dad, um, can we get a third one as the regular remote does not work as well, and they often have uh, multiple friends over. Oy vey, this new Apple TV 4K is really adding up in cost. I will talk about it on future episodes uh, once I get the 4K TV and the boys have a chance to really put it through its full testing. Um, if you have an Apple TV 4K and want to give your thoughts, please give us a call or send us an email, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. We are very happy to welcome back HelloFresh to the show as a sponsor. Please visit HelloFresh.com and use promo code TII30 to save $30 off your first week of deliveries. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that makes cooking super simple and fun. My sons are picky, very, very picky eaters. And this week, I had my son Henry help with making the meals as my wife was taking our other son to evening events. One of the meals was sizzling Hussein shrimp with ginger scallions, rice, and crispy green beans. It was delicious. But most important, Henry ate it as well. He never would have tried shrimp before, but because he helped with the meal, he wanted to eat it, and he liked it. Even if you have never cooked before like Henry, you can do this. Henry learned how to peel a ginger root and to cut up scallions. He really did help out, and it was fun doing the meals with him last week, or this past week, plus I kind of think he really liked wearing the HelloFresh apron that came with the, with the package. Each week, HelloFresh creates new recipes with nice step-by-step -step instructions to follow that take less than 30 minutes to make. They deliver the meal kits right to your door in an insulated box with free shipping. Each kit has all the ingredients you need to make a delicious meal, and having all the ingredients is really key. 
They are less than $10 a meal and sourced from the freshest ingredients measured to the exact quantities needed. You get everything you need to make a meal in each meal kit, and you can choose either meat or vegetable meals depending on your preference. HelloFresh employs two full-time registered dietitians on staff who review each recipe to ensure it's nutritionally balanced, and they send you a nutritional info card on each meal they make. It's really easy to keep inside a diet or healthy lifestyle plan. Again, visit HelloFresh.com and use promo code TII30 to save $30 off your first week of deliveries. Bob Anderson from Vero Beach, Florida. Purchased both the iPhone, excuse me, the iWatch or the Apple Watch and the uh, Apple TV 64 gigabyte. The uh, Apple Watch is the GPS version. I upgraded from the zero version the upgrade or the repair and reinstall was pretty seamless all i had to do was suggest the layout of where my icons are definitely a little snappier and uh, i use it uh, frequently to play tennis and keep track of tennis scores during the match uh, everything went perfectly there the apple tv 4k 64 gigabyte great picture uh, i like the new os that uh, syncs all the home pages so that's pretty slick. The issue, though, is I've got a 4K Samsung TV, and it totally changed the settings on the uh, non-Apple TV input, and uh, I haven't had a chance to go back and figure it out as to uh, what I need to fix, but I've been hearing about this through the grapevine anyway. So I will have to see if there's some sort of reset I can do on the TV, reset I can do on the Apple TV, the TV picture is great. The uh, It's very uh, responsive. Uh, it's just uh, that it is totally messed up. The uh, otherwise perfect picture I had on my uh, 4K Samsung television. Uh, and the issue comes in when you're running uh, 1080p video on there. I use DirecTV, so primarily that's what's run on the TV when I'm not running Apple TV or Amazon Prime. Great show. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bob, thanks for the voicemail message. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. My new 256-gig iPhone 8 Plus from Sprint arrived at noon here in Phoenix and was pretty painless to activate. I love it. I also own a Galaxy Note 8, and the new iPhone camera still wins in low light. Galaxy Note 8 takes... Uh, taken. Here's a picture. Galaxy Note 8 taken of my bus. I'm a chauffeur. Noticed a huge amount of snow in the darkness. I made no adjustments to the photo app. I just opened the camera and took the photo. This photo is, that he sent another photo. And this photo is, is taken from the same distance uh, with my iPhone 8 Plus with zero adjustments. I just opened the camera app and took the photo. And that second photo with the iPhone 8 Plus looks so much better. Um, thanks for doing your podcast. It is always something I look forward to listening. Regards, Keith W. in Phoenix, Arizona. Well, thank you, Keith. And sorry, folks, about the photos on an audio podcast. Kind of loses a bit of the effect there. So I'll, I'll say this. Wow, there is a huge difference between the two. The iPhone 8 Plus looks great and very sharp in the low-light situation. It makes me really anxious to see what the iPhone 10 will do as well. But clearly, the iPhone 8 Plus for low-light is much better than any past iPhone and also better than the Note 8. Hey, Rob, it's Brent out here in Oklahoma City. Got my new iPhone 8 and did not have any problems ordering it as from the carrier specific models. I don't think they ever ended up even selling out. And I guess that's why the stock is dropping a little bit, which is unfortunate. 
Uh, anyway, I have a question for you. Um, unfortunately, I was forced to use iOS 11 because that's what came installed on uh, my new phone. So in the old iOS, I used to be able to just say uh, launch Siri and say Google whatever I wanted to look for, and it would actually open up Safari and then search Google for that item rather than uh, just searching in its little uh, Siri window. Now, when I do that, I'm not able, it doesn't launch Safari separately like it used to, and it only brings up results in the Siri window. And I was wondering if you knew of a way um, or if anyone out there knew a way to still get it to do it like the old way I was doing it rather than this new way because it really, I like the old way a lot better and it does give you more results and so forth. So like I said, I used to just be able to say Google, whatever, and it would open up Safari and then watch and, and you know, search for those results. But now it's just keeping me in that little window that pops up for Siri. So if you can help me with that or if anybody can help me with that, I would sure appreciate it. Much uh, thanks and um, like the like the phone so far, loving the wireless charging and everything about the phone, nice and fast. All good so far. Thanks for the show, Rob. Catch you later. Bye. Brent, I'm not having that issue. When I ask Google to do something like, here, I'll do it now. What can you Google? When was the War of 1812? Here's what I found on the web for when was the War of 1812. It looks it up for me. Now that is different than if I was just do this. When was the War of 1812? It happened from June 18th, 1812, to February 18th, 1815. So by saying can you Google, it still appears to be working for me. And by the way, Apple has replaced. Bing with Google as the default search now for Siri anyway. Hi, Rob. I was talking with a friend of mine who is visually impaired, and she tells me that Apple will accept returns in twice the number of days as would be for the general population. 15 days becomes 30. I welcome any information confirming or debunking that info. Maybe it's a Canada thing. Regards, Shane. Well, Shane, I've never heard that before. If anyone out there can confirm or deny, at least in the U.S., if that's true, or if you're somewhere else, if that's true, let us know. Give us a call. Shoot us an email. And phone number is 206-666-6364. And the email is todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email back. Hi, Rob. I thought I'd write in and share my thoughts on the latest doings of Apple. As you may recall, I am legally blind. That is, I have some sight, but not nearly enough to read a screen. First, hardware, it seems to me, if you're totally blind or like me, effectively so for reading a screen, there is zero reason to consider the iPhone 10 for an extra $300 over the iPhone 8. You get a much nicer screen, not exactly relevant. You uh, also lose Touch ID. Uh, you don't get a faster processor or better cameras in any way that matters or anything else worth having. As for concerns, uh, re-blind people, using Face ID. I'm glad you read out Apple's statement. Here is what they really should have said. If you have damage or prosthetic eyes, you can use Face ID. It just won't be as secure as everyone else's. Further, we will assume you have either damage or prosthetic eyes if you start uh, voiceover. 
they don't say that. Instead, they prattled on about how it was designed with access in, in all, for all in mind. First, many people such as me use voiceover but have perfectly functioning eyeballs. Thus, I would be able to use the attention requiring part of Face ID, not to mention if they were serious about accessibility for all iPhones would have a headphone jack and thus not subject us voiceover users to an amazingly frustrating latency inherent in Bluetooth. From my perspective, there isn't much reason to complain or rejoice about iOS 11 on the iPhone or iPad with regards to Apple TV. It seems Apple did mix, uh, fix many irritating voiceover bugs they introduced in tvOS 10. This includes at least one bug Apple reportedly told me they could not duplicate, so all's good there now. However, they couldn't leave well enough alone now when navigating using the touchpad on the remote. Uh, simple directional swipes may do what you expect. They may do nothing. They may land you in a wholly unexpected place and swiping in the opposite direction will not bring you to where you started. Further, while watching a video, you can no longer fast forward or rewind using the touchpad. Thanks for that, Apple. Separate from voiceover, in iOS 11, if you go into the control center and turn off Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, it will tell you that Wi-Fi or Bluetooth respectively is off. It will even tell you when looking at the status bar on the top of the phone that it's off. Apple is lying to you. Go to settings for either Wi-Fi or Bluetooth and you will see that in fact they remain on. I personally find this lying to me to be unacceptable. Apple evident, ev Apple's evident rationale such as it is appears to be that sometimes when people hit the control to turn off Wi-Fi, they really don't want to turn it off. Apparently, though, these people need to be told that Wi-Fi is off even though they don't want it off. Got it? Keep up the great work. Regards, Kevin Barry. Well, thank you, Kevin, for your feedback. I, I think the real reasoning on that latter part of why they don't turn everything off has to do with AirDrop and some other features that require Bluetooth and Wi-Fi connectivity. So while Wi-Fi and Bluetooth are off for the main items, as far as internet connection and, and other things, they still keep them on for some other items. And Kevin, per your earlier comments per usability, if Colin, if you're listening, or anyone else wants to comment, give us a call or shoot us an email and let us know what you think or if you have any feedback for Kevin, we'd really appreciate it. Hi, this is Anna Dresner from Pittsburgh, Kansas. I'm calling in response to the guy who reset network settings on one device and then couldn't uh, had to re-enter his Wi-Fi password on the other. Um, I had the same thing happen a year or so ago. Um, I also have a Mac, and... Basically, what happened was I had iCloud Keychain on, and I didn't turn it off before doing the re reset network settings. And so when it deleted my Wi-Fi information from the iPhone, it very efficiently deleted it from my Mac and um, whatever else I had. And so every Wi-Fi network I had, I had to then reconnect to at least once on one device and put in the passwords. So it's annoying, but what I have done since then is if I was going to do reset network settings is turn off iCloud keychain on the device where I'm going to do the reset beforehand, then do the reset, and then uh, turn iCloud keychain back on. And that way, uh, none of the passwords get lost. Thanks. Bye. 
Anna, thanks for that. And then actually I have an email here on this as well. Hi, Rob, regarding the issue of Wi-Fi settings being lost during a reset network settings or reset all settings. I've had this issue ever since iCloud Keychain support was added to iOS. After performing a reset, Wi-Fi settings are removed from my other iOS devices as well as my MacBooks. It may not affect the Apple TVs. In any case, I've learned to replace reset network settings with the following steps. One, in settings, iCloud, now settings, accounts, and passwords in iCloud, disable Keychain. Two, reset network settings or reset all settings as appropriate. Three, iCloud settings, re-enable Keychain. The advantage of this approach is that all the Wi-Fi passwords will be resynced, so don't have to re, uh, be re-entered. The disadvantage is that it's the presence of these Wi-Fi passwords for which one is performing the reset. It wouldn't have the intended effect. Unwanted or broken access points will, will remain. I reported this issue to Apple, and they seem surprised by the behavior. Between the response and your experience not having observed this behavior, I'm suspicious there's other factors that limit the impact to only a small subset of users regards Jason in Washington, D.C. And again, Anna and Jason, thank you for that feedback, and I'm sure that will help the user in question. Hey, some news. Some owners of new iPhone 8s and 8 Pluses, well, I guess saying new is kind of redundant, but anyway, owners of iPhone 8s and 8 Pluses who have yet to even pay the credit card bill for said phones, well, some of them are having a static issue. And no, not static as in opposite of dynamic, but static as in a crackling, popping noise when on phone calls. Apple said the following, quote, we are aware of the issue which is affecting customers in a small number of cases. Our team is at work on a fix, which will be included in an upcoming software release, unquote. People describe the problem as, quote, very annoying, unquote. One of the forums had the following post, quote, it is a high-pitched crackling like uh, an audio pop that happens in an earpiece top speaker uh, intermittent during calls. Some calls are fine and others crackle. It is not audible on earphones or the speakerphone, only through the earpiece. The caller on the other end doesn't hear it, unquote. Or, you know, very annoying. In any case, it is something Apple knows about and is fixing. And ah, that new phone crackling, I mean, new phone smell. Moving from simply annoying to, oh no, the sky is falling, the sky is falling news, comes the report of a couple, as in two new iPhone 8 Plus owners, reporting their devices are popping. No, not the popping noises like in the static issue, but popping like out of its skin, as in the battery is swelling up during charging and pushing the screen out of the frame for one user, or in the case of the other user, it came that way out of the box. Right now, no known reports of the popping leading to smoke or fire, just a really bad belly bulge. But maybe keep an eye out on your iPhone 8 Plus when you're charging it for the next couple of weeks, just in case. Hopes are, it's just these two isolated cases where the screen becomes unisolated from its case. Apple is said to be investigating the cases of the screen separating from their cases. Hopefully there is not much more to follow up on this one because I really did use up the whole cases, cases, play on word thing. 
And I'd really hate for there to be another swell gate or belly bulge gate or battery swell gate or whatever they're going to wind up calling the thing gate. Hopefully just a couple of isolated cases and nothing more than that. If there's any more news on it, though, we'll talk about it on future episodes. There is a lot of voicemail and feedback that I didn't get to on this episode that I will get to on the next episode or the next or the one after that. So please keep sending them in. And yes, I will get to all those voicemail messages um, next episode. Probably I already have the notes done because I have all of the messages laid out. So hope to have the next episode up. Probably be Wednesday night as my goal is because I'm going to be traveling on Friday. So Next episode should probably be Wednesday, and we'll have a lot of listener feedback on that episode. But I do have one more email message. Hi, Rob. I recently did a H-E-Y-S-I-R-I, tell me a scary story. I don't remember you covering this one, so I'm submitting that one. I started listening to the show before iPhones were even released, but didn't buy one until they were available at 16 gigabytes. I just couldn't handle one with less than that. I think I had an 80 gig video iPod then. I'm sighted, but love that you cover things like voiceover issues too. I've helped a few people with the Be My Eyes app over the last couple of years that it's been out. Regards, Will B. Well, Will, thank you for that. And well, we're going to go ahead and, and see how Siri does this. Siri, tell me a scary story. Once there was a woman named Bloody Mary. She would wander around to people's homes and appear to them in the dark. Oh, she's right behind you. Tell me a scary story. Once upon a time, this person didn't back up their data to the cloud. Tell me a scary story. There was a ghost, and a headless horseman, and a dead cat, and a girl crawling out of a toaster. Or was it a television? Tell me a scary story. Once upon a time, there was an ontology that began to question its own existence. Tell me a scary story. It was a dark and stormy night, and then something really scary happened. Today's show was again brought to you by HelloFresh. Please visit HelloFresh.com and use promo code TII30 to save $30 off your first week of deliveries. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else. An app or product review, good or bad, as long as it is iOS-related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature that you've created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on iOS device to play on the show. It's your show, and your feedback is greatly desired. I'll do a lot of traveling in the next few weeks. Uh, I will be in L.A. and then Winnipeg. And by the way, if anybody has any contacts at Christaberg and could get a little introduction with, from me to Christaberg at his Winnipeg concert, I would greatly appreciate it. I'm just, just asking. And, and then I'll be in New York City. I will be doing my best, again, to stay the seven days plus or minus three release schedule. Your feedback will help on that front. We've got a lot already, but I'd love to get more. So please, emails, voicemails, send in your thoughts on iOS 11, tips and tricks and questions you have, especially if they're new tips about iOS 11. Please send them in. And if you've received some new iOS products or plan to buy an iPhone 10, let us know your thoughts on the ones you've purchased or why you're waiting for the iPhone 10. Also, don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. 
And a quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want to get your app or iBook featured like we had at the beginning of today's episode for Alt.Driving. And if you'd like to get your app or prom- uh, book, iBook featured for free, we just need at least five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Thanks again to BarkBox for sponsoring this episode. To get a free extra month of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com slash TII. And when you subscribe to a 6 or 12 month plan, you get the free month. Again, BarkBox.com slash TII to get a free extra month when you subscribe to a 6 or 12 month plan. Finally, check out the newly updated TI app, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It's the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications. Plus, there's an Apple Watch feature for it. And it's fully voiceover friendly, of course. And that's going to do it for us this time. Until the next time, I am your host, Rob, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. First up, I want to thank Ronald for sending in the artwork you hear in today's show. Yeah. Hi, Rob. Here I am in front of Bringham. What does 11.0.1 bring? Yeah. Interestingly, if you are a developer or public, public, <laughs> sorry, it is in March and April and May. You all have to listen to me drone on for 90% of the show where I'm scratching and trying and clawing for any nuggets of iOS nose. Nose. Nice. <laughs> Additionally, there's where you have the assertive touch. <laughs> assertive touch. That's the Bill Cosby feature. And you have an Apple Series 3 Apple Watch, and it does allow the direct streaming. Now, what I am not sure who those reviewers were that said there were... But he mentioned the podcast app within the watch, and this is the new feature uh, with, is this, meh? And, con- <laughs> oh, come on. Any new trip, ticks, uh, bleh. <laughs> <laughs>